Hello and welcome to End Credits here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. I'm your host, Adam A. Donaldson. Joining me today is... Peter Salmon. I hope y'all are doing good down in the Southwest. Because <laughs> it's a circus where Peter lives right now. Yeah, it uh, it definitely is. I live downtown too, so there's there's a lot of honking. And I've got, you know, exams and everything. It's, yeah, what are you going to do? Sorry, I said that. No, what are you going to do? You're going to step up, step up and, and, and stop it. So, yeah. Okay. Well, sucks here. <laughs> solving that problem was easier than I thought. But uh, we, we, I have another show dedicated to that stuff. So we'll leave it there. And Credits is a local movie show for local movie fans. We are here every Wednesday at 3 p.m. to talk the latest in pop culture and review the newest movies. Which this week will be the new stunt reality comedy sequel, Jackass Forever, which you can now see in a theater near you because theaters are open um, here in Guelph and in Ottawa as well, uh, up to 50% capacity. And if you are listening um, here in Guelph, I believe the bookshelf has announced that they are reopening on the 11th. So that's this coming Friday. So um, if you've been missing the bookshelf the last month and a bit, that's um, good news for you. So, uh, for the first half of the show, uh, we're going to <laughs> we're going to talk about Jackass. Um, I come into this week's show, me personally, having never seen a minute of any Jackass-related media. Really? Yeah. I, did we not? Did we not review Action Point? No, I don't believe. No, I'm, so. del- I'm delusional. Okay, okay. But, yeah, but I mean, that crazy. wasn't, even if we did, that's not technically Jackass. No, it's very separate. Yeah. But I mean, even though it stars Johnny Knoxville, it's, just, I mean, it, and it, it, it's I, Dick has too. But yeah, I know what you mean. It covers very similar thematic ground where it's about old people who shouldn't be doing these <laughs> stunts, doing these stunts. But <laughs> so this is where I'm coming from. So Peter was very, very excited to review Jackass Forever. Yeah, and, absolutely. And so he, see, he is a fan. So to wind us up, I asked Peter to prepare a top five list of the best jackass stunts or his favorite jackass stunts, whichever, uh, whatever measurement he he uses to um, to quantify these things. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we begin, um, Peter, I have a question. Yeah, um, go for it. The, some of the stuff in Jackass Forever, I got the impression were like updated or like like they're they're like rerun stunts like they've they've done these stunts before or similar stunts and they have done like an updated version um is is that is that my impression correct oh that's that's absolutely the case yeah well they actually in jackass forever go into depth about the um uh bubble bath fart attempt in the first film and it's just you know, you could tell that they did not have the budget or any experts dealing with science. Because <laughs> in the first movie, it might even be the show. It's just Steve-O in a, a bubble bath trying to, to fire to make a lighter go off. And it doesn't. So mm-hmm. there's a whole, yeah, stunt uh, that deals with how that is done, you know, scientifically. And it, it I'd say it turns out well. Um, <laughs> and the very beginning itself is kind of a homage to a lot of Chris Pontius's work in the films. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of just, he'll dress his uh, penis up and he'll, he'll put it into uh, one of the ones is a little, um, 
scorpion a little scorpion uh, mm-hmm. there's a snake one yeah it, it, it's just a homage to chris pontius and the uh, art he displays through his uh, penis <laughs> yeah there's puppetry of the penis uh stuff yeah there's um, a lot of that uh the one thing uh, uh preston lacy there's a part where he uh poops his pants and mm-hmm. that it's not usually him that does that but every jackass film or show usually uh has something like that happen so it's it's, it's usually re- it's, yeah it's usually dave england but it, it, it's yeah it's common it's a, it's a recurring gag exactly uh, I, <laughs> just we're, we're bringing a level of like sophistication to jackass which i'm not <laughs> i'm not sure um is either called for or required um but before we get into the top five uh uh since we're kind of flirting with it already i just want to remind you peter although we sort of record these things in a bubble just the two of us. This is still a show that airs at 3 p.m. on Wednesday afternoon on commercial radio or not commercial okay. radio, but on community radio. So um, just a warning to the listeners. Um, this will get a little blue in keeping with the, the standards and practices of community radio. But just a warning to you, Peter, uh, this is not uh, Howard Stern free for all. Okay, I know, I know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Having laid the table, uh, let's get into the top five jackass stunts, according to Peter Wesley Salmon. And we will start with number five. Yeah. So you were mentioning whether I'm doing it, my favorites are best, and I'm doing it as in which ones I think are the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I will start here with number five, season two, episode two. Uh, it is called Help Me with P. <laughs> And uh, the reason I think it deserves to be on this list is because it is one of the only stunts I genuinely don't think would be, uh, it, it wouldn't be, it, performance for it would not be allowed in today's day and age. It is sincerely mm-hmm. just Johnny Knoxville. Um, he's pretending that both his arms are broken, they can't move. So mm-hmm. he just goes around LA and just finds people to help him uh, take, take a pee. Uh, pulls pulls pants down and <laughs> help him take a pee, and that's that's the stunt. And it's uh, yeah, it's really funny. But uh, again, I don't think that's something allowed now because he does he views it in a gender neutral way. So he has the one woman uh, help him with that, which which I, I definitely understandably do not think would be currently allowed. Or even if it was just guys doing it, I don't think mm-hmm. like that's just that's it's too close to some sexual harassment. Um, so, yes. Yeah, but it, it, it's it's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> so I thought it deserved it deserved a mention, and also you know just important to see the um, uh, evolution, you know, and what it's become. Um, Chris Pontius himself makes kind of a joke about that in Jackass Forever, um, but in a positive way, a positive look at um, you know the evolution of equality and everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, number five, help me with P. Yeah, no, that is uh, post me too. You definitely could not get away with that. Um, uh, yeah, that's 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 sort of like pure, I guess, you know, frozen in time, early two thousands. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. lot like um, there's so much uh, in punked that would not be uh, allowed, mm. and that we wouldn't see in like you know the current punked. Um, so it just, yeah, it just kind of resembles that air all around early 2000s. I forgot about punk. That was a thing. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. like I think like '99 or early 2000s. Yeah, Ashton Kutcher and uh, Dax Shepard. It's the same. You know, it's the same time. They're they're right? in the Dax Shepard and him are also in the uh, TV show, or maybe it was the first Jackass movie briefly because it's uh, it's very similar. Yeah, the MTV uh, family. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's get into number four. All right, so for number four, I have the season two episode eight bull stunt. Uh, obviously by performed by Johnny Knoxville. Uh, and there's so many uh, throughout in the later seasons after season two and all of the movies, bulls are a real a huge part. Um, and this is the first one, which is why I included it. And it's important because bull riding is only done by Knoxville. And it's because everyone views it as the most dangerous because it is, it is the most dangerous stunt to do. And it's something that even Steve-O, as they mentioned in Jackass Forever, is he's scared to do it. And they actually, early on, were kind of worried it was like Johnny Knoxville needed some some mental help. Like, why why is he so obsessed with something uh, so dangerous? Uh, but he does it because he loves it and he views it as, you know, you said earlier, you know, is art the right word? I, I <laughs> sincerely do think that Jackass and Dick House Productions contain uh, some art if you actually look at the uh, commentary for this season season two mm-hmm. um, Johnny Knoxville mentions how some of the earliest stunts and current ones are based on uh, Buster Keaton or the Marx Brothers so I, I and it's, it's Spike Jones dealing with the cinematography right mm-hmm. including back back then in the show so I do think there's actually uh, a lot of art contained and I think this stunt the season two episode eight bull stunt is the first time uh, Knoxville's true passion and obsession with the bulls and jackass all around. Uh, it's most evident. Yeah. Have there been multiple bull stunts? Cause there's, there is, he does a reprise in jackass forever, but uh, yeah, he does a, in like both of the jackass films. There's oh, really? Lot, yeah. There's a lot of bull stunts. At Johnny Knoxville. That's again, why they actually, they had some worry. They don't understand why he's so obsessed with it, but uh, yeah, there's a lot. He likes it's- dressing up as a matador. It's it's his Everest. It's he's. Gonna... I think it's, it's also a. I think because his last name is Knoxville because he's you know he's from the south. Mm. Um, so I think it it, it kind of reminds him a lot of that as well. Hmm. Interesting. This I'm what I'm getting is is a sense that this is so much deeper than perhaps we give it credit for. Um, but okay, let's see what comes up before before all I right. give it too much credit. Let's see what comes up at number three. All right. So number three, I have the Wee Man fight. And mm-hmm. the Wee Man fight is from Jackass 3D. And it is Wee Man going into a bar, a regular bar, and then another um uh, little person comes in and starts to fight with him and it's over their girlfriend who is I think I think dwarf is is preferred. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, there's a fight there and then they get into a fist fight. And because of that, a group of cops come in and they're also the little, little people. And then it just keeps going. And there's more and more and more. And they're all fighting and screaming. And it's just really interesting to see the rest of the bar and, and how they look at it. And a real kind of commentary of uh, why are they looking at it like that? You know, just because they're all uh, little people. But it also is because of the amount of little people in the world it, it is pretty crazy to all of them in there but you can tell they're all just thrilled happy doing it and it's it's you know there needs to be more um uh, positions for uh, actors who are little people right like um it actually kind of relates to peter dinklage and his hate for the upcoming seven dwarfs and the reasoning right. but then how the whole uh dwarf community um 
fought against that because of, you know, it's, it's positions. Right. And I think, um, this one was, it's similar to that. It was, it was really good work. Uh, and also it was, it was funny as heck because it, it, it's not funny at them. It's funny looking at why, why are these people at the bar? Like just, it, it, even if it was just a group of other people messing around, it would be, it'd be very exciting, but it's fun to see why they're reacting the way they are just because they're, um, dwarfs and uh, just how shocked they are what's very interesting too um and they mm-hmm. kept it in mm-hmm. there is some people that look directly at them and are already curious about what's going on when it is just we man who enters the bar so that's mm-hmm. that's kind of a, a very interesting thing to notice um so yeah i just think it's honestly a, a phenomenal acting from a number of um you know dwarfs and uh you know commentary upon that so yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um <sighs> First of all, Wee Man is the nickname. He, he is his real um, birth name is Jason Acuna, um, but he goes by Wee Man. And uh, I think, uh, you know, the, the jackass players, if I can <laughs> call them that, um, you know, come in all shapes, sizes, uh, backgrounds. Um, I guess in some weird way, there's this promotion of equality in the jackass diaspora <laughs> yeah well I, something i really like and it's even more prominent in the uh, tv show there's mm-hmm. a lot of skits or i guess they're just clips of him just skateboarding because he's a professional skateboarder so mm-hmm. it uh, made him more popular in those regards too like jackass helped him be on um the tony hawk video games as well and uh to get more attention for his street skateboarding and mm-hmm. thus sponsorships but a lot of the a lot of them come from the skateboarding world right yeah they do it's it's uh, i would say the majority um mm. not johnny knoxville at all no, no, but no. Uh, everybody else yeah chris pontius was one prior and uh, danger aaron actually his main job currently is running a uh, long beach skate shop mm. mm-hmm. and it's why also in the films um the earlier ones there's appearances from well tony hawk i think was in this one but also you know like jason lee and people like that you know mm-hmm. oh, what a different time eh? jason lee more associated with skateboarding than uh <laughs> you know acting and stuff but yeah it was very it's very cool and that's why i wanted to put it on the list i think we man deserved to deserve to be on this list tony hawk does appear in jackass forever but i yeah, cannot it's the beginning. remember oh is he in right it's yeah. the very beginning you just see him briefly okay oh in the the godzilla yeah 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 okay i i think i remember that now um number two that brings us to number two all right number two this one i i apologize if it's cheating but for number (laughs) two i have anything bam i have anything bam margera and that's because I think there's going to be a lot of people, if they like Jackass, listen to this, they're not going to agree. Uh, he receives a lot of hatred. We'll, we'll deal with that more in the review. But mm. I think Bam Margera, out of all of them, is the greatest stunt performer because he blurred the line between the comedy, the danger, and mm-hmm. then a real forceful nature uh, of the art it, it, you could tell it's something that's been a part of him since he was a kid and if you actually watch cky he's 12 and he's already shredding and you know pooping on stuff and just just <laughs> being a, a real goofy guy um but even back then tried to incorporate it into plot which is very interesting 
and always related to just random skateboarding and his brother CKY's band, just music, shredding, um, that his support of him. He just, he didn't just focus on the comedy this does, he focused on its relationship to culture mm. and that's why he had all the spinoffs and that's why he got to do, you know, world tours with him, like I mentioned. Um, and he, he would go really far. He would get branded and just do really crazy things. And more than anybody, although there's a reappearance kind of a similar nature in Jackass Forever, Bam Margera incorporated his parents constantly and he teased mm. them, but you can tell there was some love there. Um, so even though he was a jerk sometimes, even that that kind of I, I view it as kind of a harmony current he would be kind of a jerk uh in the sake for for art kind of thing mm. um which i think is the case but you can also even more than knoxville see it's just him um even when he's not in a good state in some of the films he's definitely on drugs or whatever it's still him it's his life and what he had as a child and yeah i just he, he reminds me, and he was around back in the 90s as well. He just reminds me of, of Harmony Corinne. He's selfish and he can cause harm, mm. but it's because his full passion is towards his his stunts and the art associated uh, with it. So Bam isn't a perfect person, but I think he's the only one who is truly, and I, I'll st- we'll discuss this more. I'll stop using the word so much, but he's the only <laughs> one who's a true artist. Mm. So. I mean, if there's somebody who's sort of benefited the most in terms of, I guess, spinoffs. Uh, in and terms it's, of it's like, boom. Yeah. All yeah. Because yeah. yeah. he, he had his own spinoff. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if artist is the right word, but huge contributor to the culture that, you know, mm. Jackass helped start, you know, that area. Mm. era. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He livened up the slacker culture, if that makes sense. <laughs> He livened up the slacker culture. It sounds like <laughs> sounds like something you put on a business card. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for for people who don't know, talk a bit about CKY. What's CKY? Oh, so CKY, it's named after um, Jess Margera, Bam's brother's heavy metal band. Um, but it's also the name of just their family and friends uh, mm-hmm. group, their clique. So they would release shorts and eventually uh, movies and just hang out and in the spinoffs too, post Jackass or during some of it, like Viva La Bam, the crew was also a part of CKY. So mm-hmm. people like Rab himself, Raekeon, Brandon, DiCamillo are all CKY. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it became a part of Jackass, but even prior was uh, a stunt group in its own way. Yeah. Jackass was kind of a marriage of, um, what Knoxville was bringing and then what the CKY crew was bringing. Exactly. Yeah. So out of that comes Jackass, but it's also still its own thing. <sighs> See, uh, we're getting quite an education people. So. Yeah, I know. I'm trying. <laughs> that brings us to uh, Peter's all time. Number one, Jackass stunt. Yeah. So this is uh, in the films. The final stunt is always attempted to be the greatest. Um, and I would say in the second of the case, although it, it, it's, it's very dated. So I think the number one is the very last of the first film, Ryan Dunn performing the butt x-ray. <laughs> and the butt x-ray is when Ryan Dunn takes a, a small little toy, a little, I think it's a little race car or something. Mm-hmm. He places it into, uh, I don't know if I can say it, it's the, the, what we use for sexual protection. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
yeah, he, you know, Durex kind of thing. He puts the little car in that, and then he puts it up up his his bottom and into him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is a little toy is up inside of him in his intestines. And uh, he holds it for about a week. And then he goes to get a test and to see, you know, like my butt's already in my stomach and then to have the doctor deal with it. And yeah, it's just, it's just crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And it's, it's something that I don't think any of the other people would do, but, uh, but Ryan Dunn. And because it's the first film, it's like the budget wasn't even that big and there was no knowledge of, he wouldn't have been getting that much money, but he did it. He, he, he inserts a toy up inside him and uh-huh. holds it there for a week. And then goofs around with the doctor, who is very the doctor. It's funny he uses the word disappointed. He says he's very disappointed in Ryan Dunn, which you know, that might be some commentary to why. What's wrong with putting something in your, you know, uh, yeah. To, so to, I, reca- it, to recap, to to just so, so everyone has a clear understanding of what this stunt involved. Ryan Dunn puts a toy car into a condom, inserts that condom up to his rectum. And leaves it there for a week before seeing a doctor uh, posing as a patient who does, is suffering some discomfort and doesn't understand why, um, forcing the doctor to examine him and discover the uh, condom-covered car in his uh, intestines. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's just, it's so, <laughs> it's crazy. It's, it's absolutely not something you would think anybody would ever do. And it's so damaging. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so funny. It's so funny. And it's the first one I would say there's more after, but it's the first one that genuinely surprises you, mm. you know, because even by the point in the film, it's like, oh, we know you guys, you're so risky. You break your lips and, and you know, but this is, mm-hmm. you don't expect it. And he does it. And it's just him. He, they're just, they're messing with the doctor's shirt, but the only pain and risk is for Ryan Dunn himself. Mm. So it shows that it's, it's not just hurting others. It's just, make it make it something funny you know make it something funny and as clever as you can make it and ryan dunn masters both of those with number one but x-ray uh i feel compelled to point out too ryan dunn did sadly pass away recently um in a car well, accident. I, don't about, I don't know about recently but yeah oh well, it was 2011 yeah okay so i thought years. it was yeah i thought it was more recent than that but no, uh, no it was time, a while ago time is relative but yeah he it changed things. Yeah, changed yeah, things for sure. Um, but that day, he, he, well, he wasn't. Uh, I think he was. He was sober when he, you know, he did the butt X-ray. But yeah, I know what you mean. It's too bad mm-hmm. you know, that he passed away with with alcohol. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, given you know, you you were kind of like the right age um, when the show was on and the movies were coming the, the initial movies oh, were coming out yeah i was a bit too young for the tv show okay but yeah but i, I mean uh, J- jackass 2 is when i was yeah able to like rent it and everything but at the same time i was looking back i was thinking about like the like the the moral panic spawned by jackass and, and the, it's still there in jackass forever the movie still opens and closes with a strident warning that these are stunts performed by professionals and do not attempt this at home <laughs> um but i mean there, there was a real sort of sort of like moral panic and you know you, you can google like jackass copycats and it's not i i don't think it's the most 
probably copycatted thing. And there are things that people attribute to Jackass that they never actually saw in Jackass, like the case in New Zealand where um, somebody doused their friend in gasoline mm. and lit them on fire, which was, I don't think, ever a Jackass stunt. But Did they die? I believe there was a fatality. But, but I mean, you. Yeah, you, that's not even like the Jackass stunts. But it definitely livens up kids wanting to do stunts, even though they tried really hard against that. Right. But um, you tell me, like, did you ever feel compelled to. Uh, replicate what you saw on Jackass? <laughs> uh, I would say I didn't feel like I had to, but as someone who, you know, I like being kind of funny and goofy, I definitely enjoyed I, I, I love, yeah, doing kind of pranks, but ones on myself, so kind of stunts mm-hmm. of that nature. Um, something interesting, though, I used to, in daycare, <laughs> do just random crazy stunts on the little tricycles, and that was because of Home Alone and all of its physical, you know, <laughs> actions going on. So I think we would have just had something else around if it wasn't for Jackass. And it wouldn't, like Home Alone, talk about, you know, were there any stuntmen? you know? Uh, sure, it's fictional, Home Alone, but kids aren't, you're not going to view it that way. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but I, I definitely, I definitely did. I do want to say, and it's part of the reason, well, not the Ryan Dumb one, that does have danger. But it's one of the reasons I loved Chris Pontius so much his were just kind of gross things silly things mm. and I I like that you know I'm the kind of kid where I'd eat like a slug or whatever but I wouldn't I think like I don't know uh ride a unicycle down a grotto or something you know <laughs> I think I mean I was what 10 or 11 when home alone came out but i i somehow do remember like there was sort of like genuine concern of like kids replicating like stuff kevin did in home alone yeah exactly exactly but so yeah, that's I mean, why I, I think jackass was a part of those things but not the sole reason and it would maybe even be worse without it I am kind of curious now about this, like perhaps uh, <laughs> escalation of kids growing up in the '90s from Home Alone to Jackass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it it is interesting too. Um, it was three seasons and like twenty five episodes. Yeah, three seasons. So I mean, that's that's I mean that's a pretty big cultural footprint for something that was made on the relative cheap and easy you know, 20 years ago that, you know, we're kind of getting a jackass forever. Um. <laughs> well, it was, the, it was the first to do it. Right. And yeah. not only that, it, and this, you know, I don't know if this is necessarily a good thing. Mm. Uh, I somewhat understandably agree. It's what helped MTV go beyond just music videos. Mm-hmm. Right. I know reality shows helped with that too, but a lot of those like the flavor flag classic came after jackass. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it came before Hills. It, it, it really, uh, livens up what mtv could do mm-hmm. and i'm not saying necessarily in a good way i do like music videos <laughs> but we in canada we have much which was better anyways so mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm i'm okay that mtv actually kind of uh, changed all right well we'll have to look leave the the illustrious past of jackass for now and look to the illustrious future of jackass because we are going to review Jackass Forever after our break. You are listening to End Credits here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, 12th Campus and Community Radio.
So we're doing a cup test with you. Yeah. This lightweight is going to punch you in the cup. Is that all right? I told Aaron it was a lightweight. <laughs> I didn't tell him it was a heavyweight. That's not a lightweight. What are you guys talking about? What the? You lied to me. I meant heavyweight, but lightweight came out. I'm a UFC fan, so I heard Francis Ngannou was going to be there, and I was like, I want to do it, please, please. And then later I found out, in fact, I didn't want to do it. No. <laughs> I just Googled the hardest punch ever recorded. His punch is the equivalent of being hit by a Ford Escort at top speed. Why well, you don't need to read that now. <laughs> until the fourth theatrical release to become a real star. Okay, and that was a clip from Jackass Forever. It is the new film from Jeff Tremaine, and it stars Johnny Knoxville, Stephen Stevo Glover, Jason Weeman Acuna, Chris Pontius, Dave England, Preston Lacey, and Danger Aaron McGee. So, um... I'm going to start with my thoughts on Jackass forever because I come into this with as, as a Jackass virgin, as it were. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, you know, sort of sitting there for, first of all, it was a tight 90 minutes. So kudos. Um, but it, it, you know, turn on the TV, watch the news, watch what's going on. Something about this just made sense. And I I, <laughs> I wonder, because it turns out this is kind of like the most well-reviewed Jackass film. Oh, by far, yeah. They've all gotten like okay reviews. The first one's the only to get, I think, like fail on Rotten Tomatoes. But yeah, uh, yeah they've always, the critics have always surprisingly been fair, been fair to uh, to reviewing it. I actually looked at, you know, its yeah. details and, and the truth. Like, it's Mike Jones, right? Like, what? what yeah. Yeah, yeah, but no, it's perfect for right now. It's a way to just kind of to get out of all the crap that's going on, right? Yeah, and I, I, I do wonder, sort of looking back, if you know, Jackass, if I, I may be giving it too much credit because it could just come in like guys doing stupid stunts, <laughs> but you know, if it wasn't like an expression of like post millennial post millennial anxiety, because you know, in <laughs> leading up to the year two thousand, it's just like, is the world going to end? Is it like? what's gonna happen is it y2k gonna wipe out everybody's bank accounts and you know just you know drinking horse semen or getting your buddy to drink <laughs> horse semen makes i guess sense and i wonder if we're kind of come back around to this that in this moment where there is so much serious stuff happening so much existential dread if just you know you know riding like sliding down a hill um like a slip and slide that's been you know lubricated with <laughs> ky jelly just sliding it down and launching off a wrap and you know landing in a field maybe that just makes sense uh maybe maybe life isn't more complicated isn't as complicated as we think it is yeah and that's that's like the whole point of jackass and uh forever really holds that strong mm-hmm. you know that's mm-hmm. uh there's sometimes you can just relax by going a little crazy just mm-hmm. having fun you know mm-hmm. damage damage can be fun it doesn't have to be directed towards others and cause division you could just goof around and mess with your friends i yeah i do wonder how much of this is and not that the movie goes into it really but like how much of this is like what doesn't kill you makes you stronger um <laughs> this kind of mentality you know 
it, what one could look at it as like sort of stupid, macho, pointless, you know, kind of behavior, like just like, you know, dumb people goofing off. But I, I do wonder too, like how much of this is like, you know, I survived, you know, in the case of Johnny Knoxville getting hit by a bull again, like he walks out of the hospital with a broken collarbone and a broken wrist and a, uh, I don't know if he broke a rib or just cracked a rib, but still, I mean, he's, he's not a young man and perhaps going out every five years and seeing if he could still take a hit from a bull. Maybe that proves something about his own um, internal, um, I don't know, his own internal strength, his own, <laughs> again, maybe, I don't, I, I don't want to think I'm reading too much into this. No, I might be, absolutely. But... <laughs> it's something he loves. And, and the reason they uh, showed him going to the hospital and stuff is that he's just as determined as he was. And, and, that but he's also he's found himself i think uh, they, they show that like purposely in the beginning his mm-hmm. hair is black mm-hmm. and then he falls and he's got a bald spot mm-hmm. and spike jones comes and further blackens his hair yeah that signifies he was just dying his hair and yeah. that was filmed before covid and then the mm-hmm. rest after covid and his hair is gray and he actually looks even better but he's still doing mm-hmm. those stunts so yeah it shows you can age but still have an embracement for for something that you love mm-hmm but mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. that you can have younger people help you out with this, which is what I absolutely loved about this film. Mm-hmm. The new cast members they had. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I, it, it was clear that like some of the young, there were young people there who were, who were definitely like kids or like really young kids, but when the original Jackass from, so I knew they were kind of like new recruits as it were. But um, I mean, it, it, again, it speaks to like a weird kind of sense of inclusivity with this, that you have the older guard uh, people like Johnny and Steve-O um, and Aaron, and then you have uh, <laughs> the new kids, I guess. Yeah. You have poopies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you have Zach Holmes, Jasper mm-hmm. Dolphin, uh, Rachel Wolfson, who was great. She was and really then, great. And then, um, they weren't in as much, although they actually had a couple good parts. Erica Manica and Compton Dark Shark, Dark Shark Wilson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I thought they were great. One thing that's interesting, though, is um, I don't know about poopies, but Zach Holmes and Jasper Dolphin mm-hmm. have actually been a part of the Dickhouse crew mm-hmm. for quite a while. Jasper Dolphin is the main character in Loiter Squad, the uh, Jeff Tremaine created um odd future tv show that mm-hmm. uh, was on youtube for a couple of years mm-hmm. um and that was like i just said it was like 10 years ago so he's been a part of it it's just the first jackass film and zach holmes it wasn't related to the house productions but he had his own mtv show that was stunts um and he grew up and he's discussed this in interviews he grew up loving jackass in every possible way mm-hmm. he actually when he was younger he had to go to a mental home briefly because mm-hmm. he was doing so many stunts and going to the hospital with accidents. They thought like this kid's just crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. But he ended up doing the same thing and getting an MTV show and everything. So he's a real uh, signifier of, of true determination and how even from a young age. Yeah. He loved this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought they were all great. And Poopies was hilarious. I'd say he was my favorite, especially mm-hmm. in the beginning when he had more of a role. <laughs> Every question they asked him, he just didn't get it. He was just so like, he's so awesome. And like funny and nice, be so stupid too. Like, <laughs> you mean the just... you mean the dumb dumb game? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but like, he's so nice though. Like, I love him. 
Yeah. Um, and Jasper Dolphin, uh, his dad being a part of it was very interesting. Very, very. His uh, his Compton bred dad, who was a you know a gang gang shooter and mm. you know prisoner and everything, but still got more scared with the stunts than his son. Right. Thought that was interesting. I, especially like the bug related stunts that seemed, or the the creature related stunts. Yeah, which are always really cool. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're running out. They, they've been doing that so much, and like especially with Wild Boys and its focus on animals, they're running out of animals. Yeah, <laughs> they gotta get on it. Yeah, uh, so I I think I was gonna say I the good thing about the gags is like it doesn't feel malicious, and because everyone takes part two. Um, it doesn't feel malicious, you know, the, the, cause everybody sort of gets a ding. Everybody is walks away with scars at the end of the, yeah. the production. Well, they, they definitely, it's a classic jackass in the sense that they, Dave England probably gets more harm than the others. They, they kind of, mm-hmm. <laughs> they hurt, they hurt him the most, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, that's part of his stick. And, uh, sorry, danger, Aaron, not Dave England, danger, mm-hmm. Aaron, like they have the montage where danger, Aaron has his, uh, downstairs damaged in multiple different ways. Yeah. The cup challenge. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Um, which goes to some fairly elaborate extremes, um, with, uh, PK Subban as, uh, appearing, um, who there was, uh, Francis, uh, Nagonu, who's uh, an, an MMA fighter, who's yeah, fastest fastest punch like in existence, like recorded one. Yeah, and I don't know how much of this is true or not that his punch like hits you oh, at how the much force t- of like equivalent of getting hit by a car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. He might not have given him the full, you know what I mean, but still like a really hard one. Oh, but I mean, like he he was clearly having a bit of fun, and um, there was the the softball pitcher Daniello Tool. Um, who, oh yeah, that was cool. Yeah, um, <laughs> poor Aaron. <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel, I feel like if there is like sort of a put upon member of the crew, it is Aaron, especially the um, the bear gag at the end, which is oh, like that was crazy. Which is like, I, yeah, the point I felt like maybe it was going too far because there was clear terror on his face. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, if you thought that was too far, uh, you would not like the Jackass second movie's ending. Oh, really? Danger Aaron is the suspect, and it's yeah, oh. it's it's yeah. I can't I can't actually really talk talk about it, but yeah, you should you should check it out. It's pretty crazy. And uh, J- uh, Chandrasekhar is the main character in it, which is weird. The Super Troopers guy, right? So yeah, it's it's really it's crazy. Um, because he met them. He's the director of uh, Dukes and Hazard too, right? Right, right, right. Um, Which Johnny Knoxville was in, yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, but the good thing about well, we we'll mention it briefly, I guess. Uh, well, mm-hmm. I could just say it right now. Bam Margera is in it for like a second. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. You can only see him in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, but him be so. I'm just gonna say he was absent in this film. That is part of the reason why I think Danger Aaron really shines because Bam would bully him. Mm. Like he would. He would genuinely. And like it's like I said, it's another reason I weirdly love him. But he definitely would go too far sometimes, and he didn't like how Danger Aaron would wear helmets. So he would, mm. he would really just genuinely bully Danger Aaron in those regards. So I think Aaron actually felt kind of safer and was more lively in himself in this one, but still took took the damage. Yeah, it's very. If you've seen the other ones, Dave England, this will be the first where you actually. Sorry, Danger Aaron, this will be the first time where you actually like 
love him in this. Uh, and my, it was my wife's first time seeing Jackass too, and uh, <laughs> he's her favorite. <laughs> I mean, he's very affable, um, yeah. Danger Aaron, and um, I mean, he's he's game, even though he's so clearly. Again, it feels like he's kind of the one who's put upon most, but um, he he still comes ready to play. Um, oh yeah, the thing with Bam too, um, from what I understand in doing <laughs> a surprising amount of research for this <laughs> review, um, he he was invited to take part in uh, the movie. He was, however, asked to sign an agreement that. Um, and, and this is not um, exceptional if you're if you have a, a an actor or a cast member who is let's say prone to certain self destructive okay. pro- proclivities um, as as Bam is um, and it turns out he was not able to uh, let's say abstain from um, substance use uh, for the for, for through the course of the filming of Jackass Forever, which. I gather was at least a couple of years because there is definitely there's definitely a pre-COVID um, portion and a post-COVID portion. Yeah, he was cut like I think early to 2021. Yeah, yeah, no, because I think Jack it was supposed to be released like 2020, right? The 10th anniversary, but because of COVID, like two, a two-year push, which is crazy. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's a. Uh, anybody like who hasn't seen it yet and like reads that he's in it he's he's really he's not like there's no lines or even really front to the camera or anything i think he's in the marching band bit but is he is... in that one too yeah yeah the so i guess he is on the um the trackpad or whatever those things are called yeah you, you do see him fall on that but it's hard to tell it's him yeah it's because everybody's dressed up in marching mm-hmm. band regalia yeah what's uh interesting though too i just want to quickly mention even though he's not appearing visually just any fans um chris rab is like one of the head producers any fans mm-hmm. listening so he actually has a very strong uh role in this rab himself mm-hmm. and and who is he uh he is uh, a member of cky he's one of okay. uh, bam's like good friends um okay and he's pretty, he was pretty wild too. And a jackass, he's, he's jackass, he's jackass too. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of people who were jackass that were not in this one. Right. There's, I mean. Mainly ones that were CKY first, but. And I mean, that could speak to, you know, Bam as any indication. But that it's just gave a... more screen time for the new people, which I, again, I thought they were great. Right. Um, and a, a woman for the first time. That's something that needs to mention. Rachel Wolfson. And she didn't have that many, but she had about three where she was like the main focus. Mm-hmm. And she's just so she's, she's so courageous. She she literally got bit by like a scorpion and a snake and just didn't care. For her, <laughs> it was all about. And she actually talks about it in an interview how she's like a woman, right? So she felt because of just the stereotypes and everything, she needed to really show that mm-hmm. she is a stunt a stuntman right a stunt woman mm. she, mm-hmm. she'll do whatever and yeah I, I i so i really thought she was great in it too yeah she was uh impressive um <laughs> she did the scorpion bit um and she did the the quiet game bit where she had to you have something happens to you and you can't <laughs> call out or you lose and if she she stuck her tongue in a um in a in elect what's it called a stun gun 
mm-hmm. uh, several times, which um, cannot feel great. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's um, funny. Pretty much every member of Jackass has been tased once or pepper sprayed. So if they ever like, I don't know, want to become a cop or whatever, it's going to be so easy. Like the hardest part is going to be so easy for them. <laughs> it looks so cool too amongst their uh, crew members. Like their, their new police academy. Yeah. I mean, that should actually be if they ever decide to like rename <laughs> so Police cool. Academy, it should they should just use the jackass. <laughs> Zach, Holmes. Zach Holmes is the main character. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, did you have a favorite stunt in this? Um, did I have a favorite stunt in this? Yeah. Um, I would say it's not my favorite stunt, but the one that made me weirdly laugh the most was. The Preston Lacey, they were supposed to be the one stunt, but then he just pooped his pants. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Because um, it's usually, I was also, it was one of the biggest surprises in the film. Because the, the pants pooper is usually Dave England. But uh, okay. yeah, it was Chris Pontius. <laughs> there was no reason. And he's just so sad after. <laughs> it's just so real. that I'd say it's, it's my favorite. I love it. Interesting. Yeah, uh, I actually weirdly I want to say my least favorite, not my least favorite. I found the final one the most disappointing. Oh, okay. I I actually had that written down that I I found it like a really disappointing end to like not not disappointing, but it was just like underwhelming. Yeah, it's like the first the first three. It's a great stunt, but there's also a real. It's it's one that you wouldn't expect, and it's one that's just really crazy. And this was like an over the top stunt, but an over the top basic stunt, you know. Mm-hmm. Like the soldiers involved, whatever. But we already saw that in the beginning, mm-hmm. so it doesn't ruin the film, and it's still a great stunt. But I wish there had been a different finale, absolutely. And yeah, so even someone who just saw it for the first time views has made a note of that. So yeah, a, a standout of its flaws, even though it deserves the great reviews it got. I, I mean, I don't know how you would end this thing otherwise. I, <laughs> um, but it just felt like maybe they ran out of steam, ran out of, ran out of ideas that they have this like whole idea of the vomitron and, yeah. and then they, they, they goose it with like explosions and paintball. And it just, it, it felt a bit, uh, I, I guess it felt a bit wanting, like they had just completely run out of ideas or just, you know, needed to, close it thematically since they have this elaborate sort of Godzilla um, stage uh, this Godzilla homage at the beginning and they just felt they had to sort of bring it back around full circle with like more military guys and or yeah, military like a, dress a proper, guys make it like a proper finale yeah very uh, beginning and end have to be related to each other yeah which is weird because you know I guess he wasn't the director, but like Spike Jones, he's okay with that not mm. being the case. Mm. The ending being just whatever, if if, if an ending at that, you know. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's that's the one uh, slight flaw. Uh, also, quick note: uh, Eric Andre, there, Machine Gun Kelly, Tyler the Creator. There was mm. a lot of really great appearances. Uh, Tyler the Creator was a member of Loiter Squad, which is why he's there. Right. So any any like long time House Productions fans, uh, that's that was a really fun scene for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the. I I I don't know anything about Machine Gun Kelly except that he's engaged to Megan Fox and he's named after a 1930s gangster. And it took me several <laughs> took me several times to hear about this person, Machine Gun Kelly, and w- kept wondering why they were talking about <laughs> the guy from the 1930s who was killed by the FBI. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember he was in the Kinestaten Island? 
Uh, yes, he was. The tattoo parlor brief. Yes. Um, I do remember that. But I mean, that was after I had realized that Machine Gun Kelly is a person living in the 21st century. <laughs> yeah. um, but <laughs> um, I, I did like his segment, the um, the game with the bike. The the I, don't, I can't remember what it was called off the top of my head, but it's the bike game where the, you, you pedal on the bike and it winds up the hand. And Oh, and it was so he was so quick to do it. it he was the most brave of all the the. the celebrity guest appearances and you could tell it's because he was just having fun with it as a kid you know you've probably yeah. already done something with a large smack <laughs> like that before <laughs> yeah, yeah i'd say his was his was the best and the most natural appearance and eric yeah. andre eric andre was funny throughout i liked his one comment where he talked about how it was difficult talking to the camera because he's used to when he was watching it younger and everyone would just be like yo welcome to jackass yo and talk like that he just didn't know how to talk <laughs> yeah it was fun and he he gets a good uh good gag at the um the coffee stand yeah um, yeah they kind of ruined that in the uh, trailers but it's still fun to see oh i didn't one. see i didn't see the trailer so i got the i got the full laugh out of it oh that's good um <laughs> uh my favorite was pretty early on it was the silence of the lambs gag with uh the, the, they bring two people into a room shut off all the lights and make it sound like they've released like a dangerous venomous snake and um it's all filmed in night vision and uh <laughs> that's the, that is not my favorite but it is i would say objectively the best one and it has uh the longest screen time and just kind of fun interactions of the new ones right yeah like yeah like dave england is getting screwed too but uh <laughs> zach seen zach and jasper and, and poopies poopies in it was is so great it was and very clever and well planned out yeah it was fun and playful um <laughs> uh the, the there is no real danger in, involved although uh i'm knowing that as an audience member but um I did I did laugh at I can't remember who it was. It might have been Danger Aaron. They come in and, and he's like, Why are there only two of us in here now? And he knows something is coming. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> he always can tell. He deals with it the most. You can always tell when it's gonna be something big and bad. Yeah, so I, I enjoyed that. Um yeah. and I enjoyed uh them struggling to find it and i can't remember who it is but they find an exit and they're like yeah i'm out and then they turn around and smack into a pot a pan that was being hung all oh, right yeah at head level which it just took it up a whole other notch yeah uh yeah the, the set design artists are they did a great job yeah it was um a lot of i mean that that gag was a lot of fun um I didn't find anything. I mean, maybe it speaks to my to sensitization, but I didn't find anything particularly gross. Um, I, there's I, definitely gross stuff in it. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just yeah, like like pe- penises and such aren't aren't like too gross. I think it might be. I, I know my wife was kind of grossed out by by that sort of thing, but uh, yeah. Um, I mean, the- there was that poop though. There was that poop, but I, I forget yeah. if there's any part where there's a, like a full clear, like poop, mm. or if it's just that. I, either way, I would say there's definitely some grosser elements in the other films, mm. but this still had ones that this isn't. This is absolutely not more PC. It's just there's a bit less gross, I would say, but more risk. There's a lot of more risk, and still gross things. Anybody listening? Well, I mean, the the, the greatest risk is that they're old. 
um and yeah exactly they, they can't bounce back like they used to yeah. um also uh steve sobriety isn't like shoved into your face or anything i know there's a lot of fans that aren't that don't like that but uh there's mm. times you can tell like oh mad respect he's sober it would it, it's probably so much harder it's probably so much harder when you're sober like <laughs> him back in the day like you know like on on drugs they were the kind where he wouldn't feel as much pain and it's mm. yeah Yikes. i mean there, there's he he he's kind of the subject of maybe one of the one of the worst gags not not worse than it, it was bad but in, in terms of like at least i found kind of cringy the the b gag where um yeah yeah where he, he the the p the bees latch on to his member and mm-hmm. uh basically form a hive around it like that is um oh that that you know makes you uh shiver just thinking about it but um oh yeah that's uh in the same way that johnny knoxville loves the bulls steve mm-hmm. loves the bees interesting yeah <laughs> yeah he's got a multiple times uh yeah so i mean jackass forever not for everyone but i mean it it's also i find it like i find it kind of a relief that this can still be something that is made and comes out like it, there, there's no stakes to it it's just a good time good it's humor. just fun it's a lot it's great yeah. stuff and it's it's fun as heck and it's a good way to kind of re- get released from all the drama and crap that's going on outside of it mm-hmm yeah <laughs> and uh, I think I think this one too, because of the kids, uh, the new ones. It also gives a good look at how impactful Jackass was mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to you know the the younger generation X and, and the millennials like me. Mm-hmm. And you know you're getting older when you start re- referring to young people as the kids. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Uh, that is Jackass forever, um, and we th- we thank Peter for the history lesson. I thank Peter for the history lesson. Um, we're gonna have to wrap, to wrap up the show though, and uh, bring you back to your regularly uh, scheduled CFRU uh, stuff. Uh, we hope you liked our show though. If you want to listen to it again, you can find it on our website at endcreditsradioshow.com. You can download it from the Guelph Politicast channel every Friday at Podbean or through your favorite podcast app at Apple, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, and Spotify. Speaking of Spotify, you can get the playlist for the music that you hear on End Credits. Just uh, open up Spotify and search for End Credits on CFRU. You can find me on social media on Facebook at End Credits Radio Show. Well, actually, you can find the show, to be more precise. Find the show. Um, jump on the gun here. Find the show on Facebook at End Credits Radio Show and on Twitter at End Credits Radio. And Peter, where can people find you on the Internet? So I can be found uh, as Mr. Towerack on YouTube and Twitter. Um, and I also just want to give a shout out to Beatrice and Croc Harry by Lawrence Hill, a book that everybody should check out. Mm hmm. And and not just because Peter's wife worked on it. No. <laughs> no, it actually is great. So no, she is not the only reason. She is partially a reason. But she does get a nickel from every copy sold. No, she does not. I wish. <laughs> All right. I will be back on CFRU Thursday at 5 p.m. for News and Politics on Open Sources, Guelph with Scotty Ertz. 
In the meantime, you can find me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Adam A. Donaldson, or you can check out my news and politics site at GuelphPolitico.ca, and you can stay tuned for more great programming here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. We will be back here next next Wednesday. Next Wednesday at 3 p.m. for more end credits, and we will see you then. Thank you.